And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Be praying for our pastor as he preaches for our Chinese church. It's a wonderful opportunity for him to share the gospel with uh, our Chinese friends. <clears throat> uh, he's been invited a number of times by Dawson Zong to come and meet with them and preach for them, but he hadn't felt that he had uh, the opportunity uh, put together just right for him to be absent here and over there. But for some reason, God laid it on his heart this time to accept the invitation, and he asked me to cover the base for him, and I am delighted to do that. Some of you remember a story I told <clears throat> some time ago about uh, my favorite Cajun joke. There are enough new people at Hardest Street Baptist Church that I think maybe I can tell it again. <laughs> Mona and I lived in New Orleans at the Baptist Seminary for 25 years. Actually, before that, we were there for some eight years uh, as students. <clears throat> and so we've spent a lot of time in South Louisiana and have a lot of Cajun friends. But this story is perhaps my favorite one and I want to share it with you because it focuses our attention upon the fact that we ought to be uh, clearly involved uh, in things that really are important and not allow ourselves to be distracted uh, to things that really are unimportant. There was a man that lived in South Louisiana named Philippe de la Pagnon. He lived on the Bayou Pompon. Uh, he had a little farm, about 40 acres. It wasn't very valuable, but it was fixing to lose value because the state of Louisiana had condemned uh, part of his land and were going to put a new state road right through the middle of the 40 acres. He didn't like that idea at all, so the day they showed up to try to build the roadbed, he met them at the landline uh, there at the barbed wire fence uh, with a shoot gun on his arm. He's not going to let him come true. The foreman on the job, he finally convinced Philippe de la Pagnon that the only way he was going to get that road built somewhere else was to go to Baton Rouge. So he decided to catch a bus to go to Baton Rouge. Uh, he caught the bus. He had to go by way of New Orleans. He spent about two hours in the bus station and a layover time, so he looked around. He saw things that were very interesting. But one thing caught his eye. There was a machine, she'd tell you, I tell you your name, tell you where you're from, tell you where you're going, tell you how much you weigh, tell you what the color of your hair is, tell you what the color of your eyes are, uh, tell you how much you weigh. Oh, Felipe Lapagno did not believe that machine. So he stepped up on he put a nickel in, and the card she came out, and she'd say, your name is Felipe de Lapagno. You live on the Bayou Pompon, your hair is black, your eyes are blue. You weigh 195 pounds, you're going to Baton Rouge. Oh, that Cajun did not believe that machine. He's going to fool it, so he stepped up on it backward. He put another coin in, and the card she came out to say the same thing. He could not believe that machine. He's going to fool it, so he get the ID. He's going to go find a place he can buy a false face somewhere there in New Orleans and come back and fool that machine. So he go and way long time later he find a place, place and he buy a false face. He walk way back down yonder to the bus station. 
But before we go in, he's smart. He put a false face on. And then he walked through the door very nonchalant, you know. He act like he never been there before. And he walk around and he look and he read and he see and he come to this machine. And uh, he read it and he step up on the machine and she put a coin in and the card she came out, she said, your name is still Felipe de la Pagnon. You still live on a biopompon, your hair's still black, your eyes are still blue. You still weigh 195 pounds. But you fool, you done mess around and miss you, Buster Baton Rouge. <laughs> now that's exactly what we do so many times. We fool around and miss the bus. We major on minor things and miss the important stuff. We want to think about the important stuff today. I call your attention to Amos chapter 7. We're going to read just a segment of this chapter of Amos's prophecy. And the scripture tells us beginning in verse 7, he showed me this. The Lord was standing there by a vertical wall with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? I replied, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, I'm setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will no longer spare them. Isaac's high places will be deserted and Israel's sanctuaries will be in ruins. I will rise up against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. And then we look a bit farther and read beginning in verse 12. Then Amaziah, who by the way was the priest in the northern kingdom. Then Amaziah said to Amos, go away you seer, flee to the land of Judah. Earn your living and give your prophecies there. But don't ever prophesy at Bethel again for it is the king's sanctuary and a royal temple. So Amos answered Amaziah, I was not a prophet or the son of a prophet. Rather, I was a herdsman and I took care of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from following the flock and God said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Let me remind you very quickly, the country is divided into two nations. There's the northern kingdom, Israel. There's the southern kingdom, Judah. Amos was a resident, a citizen, if you please, of the country of Judah. And God designated that he would be assigned the responsibility to go to the northern kingdom and to give them the handwriting on the wall. Deliver to them the message of God concerning his judgment against their sin. Now, if you'll keep that picture clearly in mind, then we want to look at the fact that inexperience is no excuse. The fact that you and I uh, do not uh, necessarily understand precisely what we are Therefore, uh, we know that uh, when we have a clear call from God, we're supposed to fulfill that calling. It doesn't matter whether we are trained for that or not. 
whether we are experienced for that or not. It only means that God has said, I want you to fulfill this function and I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. Isn't that exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 28? There in the Great Commission, when he said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. As a result of that fact, I'm passing along a responsibility to you. And that is that you will be my witnesses. Acts 1.8 continues the idea. And in that particular chapter uh, and verse where Jesus is going to ascend back to be with the Father apparently, Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, places where you haven't been. What is it that God wants you to do with your life? I want to declare to you that there is a special assignment and it has your name on it. Not the name of the guy sitting to your right or to your left, but your name. There is something God intends for you to do. It's for you to find out what it is. Now God has declared, as he did through the prophet Amos to the northern kingdom, God has declared, this is my will for you. For the northern kingdom, it was judgment. God was through just patiently dealing with the people of the northern kingdom. I want to remind you that this is early in the 8th century and in 722, near the end of the 8th century, the northern kingdom fell. And that northern kingdom was carried away into Babylon, into exile under Sennacherib. And you and I need to remember that never again was there one of the 10 tribes of the northern kingdom identifiable in the world. Never again. The absolute judgment of God was complete. God said through Amos to the people of the northern kingdom, God is through with you. Now I know that uh, that's not the case with you. And I know that's not the case with us as Hardy Street Baptist Church. It's not the case with us as Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It's not the case with us as the United States of America. There is yet work to be done. And God intends that we assume or accept the responsibility for doing the work. As we think about that fact, I want to remind you, nobody would ever have considered the fact that M.R. DeHaan, a medical doctor, beginning a radio Bible class in Grand Rapids, Michigan, would start a ministry that would continue over a century later. Nobody. I mean, he was not a trained preacher. He was not a trained teacher. He was a medical doctor. You and I need to remember that God had a special assignment for M.R. DeHaan and for members of his family through Marty, his great-grandson, who still is responsible for that great ministry and its conduction. You and I need to remember God handpicks people for his reasons 
He doesn't necessarily expect us to affirm or agree. He expects us only to obey. God doesn't require success, but God demands faithfulness. And in Amos, he found a man who was faithful. In M.R. Dehan, he found a man who was faithful. He did a lot of things in that process, established a handwritten printing ministry program. He had with Henry J. Uh, G. Bosch, uh, a co-founder of the Daily Bread devotional book that we still use here in our church over a century later. You and I need to understand God has some very special things in mind and he doesn't necessarily tell us what it is he intends ultimately to do. But I ask you again the question, what is his assignment for you? What is it God expects you to do with your time and talents, with your ability, with your preparation and training, with your experience, with your background? God has something special in mind. God doesn't waste anything that happens to us, not even the difficult, challenging kinds of experiences that represent to us in life crises of one kind or another. God puts all that together and comes out with something on the other end that glorifies him. Doesn't matter whether it blesses you necessarily or not. I assure you it will, but that's not the purpose. The plan is to honor him. The plan is to bless somebody else through you. So as we look at Amos, there are some things we need to keep in mind. Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, and Micah are prophets that we refer to as the 8th century prophets. Amos and Hosea were sent by God to the northern kingdom to reveal his plan and purpose for the northern kingdom, which included an absolute judgment, the destruction of a northern kingdom never ever to be restored again. The other two of those 8th century prophets had a responsibility, Isaiah, had a responsibility to the southern kingdom. Now the northern kingdom was carried into Babylon, into captivity in 722 BC. Southern kingdom didn't fall under the judgment of God and, and ex, a deportation uh, until 587 BC, over a hundred years later. But God's plan was to make sure that he had purified his people. In order to accomplish that, the scripture says, God intended to take the people of Israel into captivity in Babylon and keep them there for 70 years while they were in process of purification in order then under Ezra and Nehemiah to bring them back to the promised land, reestablish the nation and move forward to the future. This is the plan that we see. We wanna look at Amos. First thing we remember about Amos is Amos didn't belong. He was out of place. When's the last time you were out of place? Most of us can remember, not maybe just one time, but numerous times when we felt like very much we were in the wrong spot. We were uh, 
somehow given assignment that didn't necessarily fit uh, what we expected or, or you know, judged to be our strengths uh, and our weaknesses. I, Amos didn't belong. The scripture says in verse 12, Amaziah said to Amos, get out, you seer, go back to the land of Judah, earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. Go get on that church staff and get your money from the right source. Don't come up here to the northern kingdom and preach to us. In essence, that's what Amaziah, the priest, the leading priest of the northern kingdom, said to Amos, you're in the wrong place, buddy. He said to Amos, you don't belong. Now beyond that, that is Amos being a foreigner, not belonging where he had an assigned responsibility to minister. Amos finds him, found himself where some of my friends today find themselves in parts of the world where they don't belong. We have friends who are in North Africa. I can't tell you what country they minister in. That's forbidden me. But I can assure you that they are there not because it's comfortable. They are there not because they feel like they have a carved out place and they have been assigned and accepted by those about them. They're there because they have an assignment from God. And they're doing some things that those folks there in those countries need somebody to do. And as long as they are meeting a need, they have an opportunity as well every now and then to drop a word here and there about the Christ. Not only in North Africa, but in Southeast Asia, in Russia, and in some other places of our world, we have those of our friends who are out there in ministry. Not because they belong there, they're citizens of the United States of America. They don't belong there except under assignment from God. I visited in Moscow several times, but one time in particular, we went downtown Moscow to an office that was a business office like any you might go into here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. They weren't missionaries. They were employees. They uh, had a responsibility, and that responsibility was in business. But as they were there with uh, business identification and business assignment, they also were dropping little seeds of the faith along the pathway of life. They knew why they were there. They were on assignment from God. That's why they were there. They didn't belong as far as the country was concerned. They didn't belong as far as some people who would oppose their religious responsibility were concerned but they belonged under assignment from God. As we think about Amos being in a place where he didn't belong, we ask ourselves the question, why are you here? Amos was untrained. He wasn't under assignment to do anything that he had 
ever had any training, special training or preparation to accomplish at all. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you're in a part of our world where you really feel like you have a responsibility for which you have not been fully prepared. But God wants you where you are. And you have a confidence in your heart that I'm here in this place because I'm on assignment from heaven. And so I'll just do the best I can, leave the rest to God. That's what Amos did. Amos said, I'm not a prophet. I never went to the school of the prophets. I never went to New Orleans Seminary. I didn't ever get any Bible study training necessarily except what any Jewish boy would get growing up and taking his bar mitzvah. Amos realized that he was untrained, but he still knew he was in the right place, and he knew he understood what it was God intended him to do, and so he's there to accomplish that. Verse 14 says it clearly. Amos answered Amaziah, I was neither a prophet nor a prophet's son, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. I was a farmer and a rancher. I didn't have any preparation to be a prophet. By the way, prophets were Navi. Over 700 times in scripture, the Bible refers to the prophets as Navi. They are spokesmen for God, not future tellers, not fortune tellers. They were just spokesmen from God, for God. The scripture teaches us that God met the prophets, some of them at times on tops of mountains alone by themselves. But God would meet the prophet who drew near to him and give him a message for the people. And the prophet's responsibility was not to understand the message, but to deliver the message. That was their responsibility. Amos had a word from God. The word was for the northern kingdom. And Amos was there to carry out his responsibility. And that is to declare the truth to the people of the northern kingdom kingdom. So Amos didn't belong and he was untrained. I've been interim pastor at First Baptist Church in Macomb, Mississippi on a number of occasions through the years. I've never been interim pastor in a church where there were as many professional people who were willing to join me in ministry as they were at the First Baptist Church in Macomb over 20 professional people, lawyers, doctors. Any Saturday, there were some of those professional folk who were also deacons in the church who said to me, if anybody doesn't show up to visit with you on Saturday, you call me. You call me. I'm ready to go. Some of these were judges. Some of these were attorneys. Some of these were surgeons. They said, you call me. I'm ready to go. Why? Because they had been trained for that? Oh, they had had some Bible training in church. I had to tell my son on one occasion when he took his first New Testament test under me at William Carey University, I had to remind Jimmy when he got his bled on paper back that he wasn't in Sunday school. 
It was a college class. And I expected the right answers. You and I need to understand that the preparation that Amos got was to be a good herdsman and a good keeper of sycamore figs. But he was assigned a responsibility to declare truth. Let me hasten to say very quickly, in the soul sitting here within the sound of my voice who doesn't have access to the heartbeat of God. Not a soul here who is not in a position to receive a special assignment from the Lord. And in fact, most of us already understand what it is. And we're not all doing it, but we understand what it is. So Amos was untrained. And Amaziah, the priest in the northern kingdom, reminded him of that fact. Another thing you and I need to know about Amos. He was untrained, but Amos was available. You and I need to make sure in our heart of hearts that we're available to the Lord. Whatever it is he has in mind for us to do. Whether we feel qualified or not, whether we feel we're in the right place or not, whether we've been adequately trained and prepared for the task or not, God said, you be available. I'll make up the difference. I'll make up the difference. And I can testify, and many of you can testify as well, to the fact that God is as good as his word, friends. He's as good as his word. I remember preaching my very first sermon and how anxious I was that somehow I be clear in the presentation of the gospel. I didn't know whether I'd done it or not until we had the invitation and five people made decisions for Christ. Since that day, I've not had any concern about whether I understood what it was God intended me to do or not. The only question I've had for God since then was, where do I do it today, God? Where do I do it today? God made Amos understand that his responsibility was to be available. The scripture says in verses 12 and 13 of chapter 7, Amaziah said to Amos, get out, you seer, go back to the land of Judah, earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. Don't prophesy anymore at Bethel, which was the worship center for the northern kingdom, because this is the king's sanctuary and the temple of the kingdom. The point I want to emphasize is this is the king's sanctuary. He's not talking about God. He's talking about the earthly king. You and I need to understand we're not responsible or answerable to earthly leaders. We have only one responsibility and that is answer to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And it doesn't matter where you are, you can, you're not going to go anyplace. He isn't. And you can answer to him where you are. You and I need to make sure we do. And so as we think about that, one other point I want to make. And Amos was obedient. He did what he was told to do. You and I need to be obedient people. Jesus said it another way to his disciples. He said, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. 
And if you're not keeping my commandments, you don't love me. Oh, words come easy. Amos knew he could say the right words, but did they have the right meaning or not? Amos was obedient. The Lord took me from tending the flock, Amos wrote, and he said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel, not because you're trained to do it, but because I give you a message and you're to deliver it to them. A friend of mine a number of years ago became the interim pastor at Main Street Baptist Church, Hattiesburg, Dr. Russell Bush. Many of you knew Dr. Bush. For 15 years, about five years as interim pastor and about 10 years as the permanent pastor, a retired dentist from Columbia, Mississippi became the spiritual counselor and advisor to one of the most influential churches in the state of Mississippi. Why, because he was a trained preacher? No, because he was a trained by. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I hope so. You and I need to understand, we may not be a Russell Bush, we may not have his abilities, but God has an assignment that's personal, and it's for you. I don't know what it is he intends for you to do as a Bible teacher or as a member of this family of faith with a responsibility to reach out and find the lost folks in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, but I can tell you, God intends for you to carry your part of the load and he'll let you know what that is would you pray with me our heavenly father help us in these moments as we close this hour of worship to reach out by faith touch your hand pledge anew our complete surrender we want to follow the leadership of your spirit we want to be good witnesses our father we want others to see Jesus in us we want to be like Amos not necessarily in the place selected by man, but in a place assigned by God. We want to be not necessarily well-trained, but fully surrendered. We want to understand that we are available. And we want you to understand, our Father, that we will be obedient. Bless Hardest Street Baptist Church in Jesus' name. Would you stand together as we sing our invitation hymn? And if God has spoken to you and there's a decision you need to make, we'll have our ministers here at the front, and you come and share your decision with them. I have
I want to thank you, Dr. Don. He is faithful and he preaches the word. Thank you so much. I want to share with you uh, couples that have uh, joined with us recently. Uh, Dr. Don Palermo. Don, are you here? I think they're out this weekend. <laughs> okay, okay uh, Kent and Ra Kent and Duano Ralston, y'all want to come forward? Come on down for us. They joined us just a few Sundays back. Come on over here with uh, Pastor Scott. And uh, she is our pianist, and she does an excellent job, folks. I want you to know that. <laughs> this is Kent and Duana, and coming with them is their four-year-old son, Marshall. And this guy knows how to give you a high five. <laughs> Pastor Scott, I present these to our church and let you uh, introduce them and ask the people to come by and visit. Amen. Kent, Dewana, we are so thankful to have you. Marshall, let's see if that high five stuff is true. There you have it, folks. Are you glad that this family's joined our church family? Amen. Praise God. At the close of our service today, we want to encourage you to come by and extend the right hand of fellowship. Welcome them in, into our church family at Hardy Street. And also, if you are... Uh, a, a female from teenager on up, uh, we want you to go and sign up for our women's conference. Please do that. Don't forget also our VBS meeting in room 122. You come and volunteer and let that be a blessing. Brother Van, you come and close us in prayer today, brother. Please join me in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you that you've been here with us. We know that we're two or more joined in your name, that you're here. We thank you for your presence. Father, on this weekend where we have chosen to honor the people who have served our country, who presently serve our country, who have served our country in the past, and those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for their country, it's good as a nation that we have chosen to do this, Father. For the practicing Christian, of course, this gives us the opportunity to make the greatest choice a country can make. We can choose to be one nation under God, or we can choose not to. Lord, the streets are slick. It has rained. I ask in thy holy son's name, that you go with these people as they depart from this place. Keep them safe wherever their travels take them next. Amen.